We're two best friends. Two mediums that live in a virtual dream house. Have our podcast taped and find out what happens when spirits get real. Real funny. <laughs> By the way, if you don't like cuss words, Dana, what do we rate it? We're rated M for mediumship or Matt's immature. I thought it was Matt is awesome, but whatever. Enjoy this episode. This is I'm a medium. Ask me how. Barbie. Hi, Barbie. How are you? I mean, hi, Matthew Tapp. <laughs> hi, Dana Willie. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm really excited to have a podcast about mediumship that is actually about the Barbie movie, too. <laughs> Me, too. Look, I just want to give the viewers uh, viewer discretion, okay? If you haven't seen this movie, I don't know where you've been. You've been under a rock. It's cool. But go see the movie. Just a heads up, there's going to be some spoilers because we're going to talk about things that we saw in this movie, how it could relate to mediumship, and why it hits a chord in both Dana and myself. So, buckle up. I mean, it's like we knew. Does that make us psychic that we decided to do like all of our like pre like rebranding and stuff to Barbie Mm -hmm. before we saw the movie that we knew that it was going to be like so mediumship like? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. We did. We're we're that psychic. We're psychic AF. Yeah, I I was gonna say like, or did we just want it to be so much about mediumship that we are making all of this fit? We're making it fit. Yes, no, <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I actually had a lot of people after I saw it because I think they were waiting for me to see it message me after I saw it and he's like, did you think it was about mediumship too? And I was like, yes, I thought it was about mediumship too. So it's not just, I I don't think it was just me and I don't think it was just Matt. Like there Mm -hmm. are themes in this movie that are like, oh yeah. Yeah. There's themes about life obviously as a grand perspective. Um, And then obviously like things that we pop up with, with mediumship all over the place. So yeah, here's your warning. If you intend on watching the Barbie movie, just just pin this for later to listen to after you watch the Barbie movie. But like, run, don't walk, go see that movie. It is one of the best movies I've ever seen, hands down. It changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. Like when I first saw the trailer and I first saw it, I thought it was going to do nothing with medium chef. I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun movie, whatever. I thought it was going to be like, you remember the Brady Bunch movie How mm-hmm. was, uh, in the 90s, how they just never got out of the 70s? I thought it was going to be something like that. I was like, yeah. okay, this is going to be hokey. But then I sat and watched it and I was like, I called you after and I was like, what did I just watch? Like, what the fuck did I just watch? I watched something amazing just unfold in front of my eyes. Not only is it a gorgeous movie, but it had a lot of meaning to it that didn't just stick to women versus men, but Mm -hmm. it was so layered. And I was like, I think this is my favorite movie (laughs) about a doll and I don't care. And I'll totally be okay with that. But I think I want to kind of start at the beginning, and I think we should, around the spiritual awakening of what Barbie goes through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she starts off as like, everything is perfect. My hair is perfect every day, and I wake up, and it's beautiful. And I'm just, it's this picture-perfect thing every single day. And one of my favorite parts of the whole movie, and this is when I knew, 
I knew it was going to be about mediumship and I just cackled laughing and I, I broke out cackling laughing like through the whole movie, but they're having like this whole like dance sequence and everybody's like having the best time ever. And she's like, yeah, you know, like dancing, like I'm having so much fun, me too. And then she stops and she's like, do you guys ever think about dying? And every, it was like, record scratch. Like everybody stops and she's like, just kidding. I'm having fun too. And it was that that moment that I think every single medium thinks about and mm-hmm. every moment that we think about as mediums going out into the real world and telling people what we do or anytime we start talking about what we do because a society gets so weird talking about death like people get so uncomfortable talking about death and dying but then then you tell people like hey I'm a medium and they're like oh, you're freaking weird and this is uncomfortable. Can we talk about something else? So it was, oh my God, that was so freaking hilarious. That was really relatable. It was really, I mean, I can imagine being in a crowd and or being around normal people that don't think about this stuff or have any consideration to it, that think it is some sort of like gimmick or charlatan where you're like, anybody think about mediumship? And you can just hear the crickets go off. Like, I thought that was totally relatable. And then to turn around and have to, like, mask yourself for other people's comfort mm-hmm. around what you do or around what you're feeling so other people can be comfortable. I like I totally related with that moment where she was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and I'm then you start dancing. dancing again, yeah. But I totally get that. I understood it. Yeah, well, and it's you know, that, that works on a couple of different layers because it works definitely on that, right. Where we have to like go out into society and we've, we've had other podcasts on that about coming out of the woo closet and, you know, just, just going out and living day to day life. We've even talked about stories where, you know, we go to the car rental counter and they freak out because you say, Hey, I'm a medium. And they like freak out. So it's hard to just be Mm -hmm. us in the normal world. Right. So it works on that layer, but in the perspective of the Barbie movie, the way that it works out in the Barbie movie that's kind of interesting is like, this is kind of her awakening piece in in the movie where um, she kind of realizes that it's not just day-to-day, everything is beautiful, everything is great. There are different layers to life, even in Barbie world. And all of a sudden the next day she goes from like, everything is beautiful, everything is perfect to like, oh my God, now my hair isn't perfect and I feel uncomfortable and it's like hard to get out of bed. And all of a sudden I'm feeling my muscle, my muscles hurt. And you understand that like life ends Mm -hmm. and there's something that happens when you understand like, oh, I saw a new layer of, of life by seeing that, that death happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And she knew a lot more than the other Barbies by that experience. Mm-hmm. So it really altered her. And I think that's what mediums can relate to in that moment is that like, you know, it continues on and you know that you are seeing or experiencing through the stimulus of spirit, like how different spirits go and all that stuff. And it kind of changes your aspect on how you view every second of every single day. Now it doesn't, I know with her, everything started to go wrong, but with the majority of people, you kind of have an understanding of what goes right a Mm -hmm. little bit. So I kind of like flipped it where I was like, when I found out I had uh, mediumship abilities, I wasn't so much freaked out, but I almost felt like I knew a little bit more than everybody else. And I could understand a little bit more and it made it even more awkward Mm -hmm. because then you had to prove it. 
Mm-hmm. You had to prove what you what you believe or what you thought or what you experienced. So I totally uh, understood that. But I also like the scene where she goes and she tells everybody and, and when she's walking on the beach and she gets the flat feet. There are other reactions of how her having flat feet, which was normal, and like how much they freaked out and the, the ten throwing up. <laughs> like i like it that is how some people react when you tell them you're a medium or that you've experienced this they freak out they don't know Mm -hmm. how to handle it it's not in their mental capacity to understand that i speak to dead people and they'll really get uncomfortable around you or they'll tell you to hide it Mm -hmm. or being even changing right like even Mm -hmm. the perspective of being different from everybody which you kind of just touched on but like even for us the, how uncomfortable it is for us to change. And like, obviously from the perspective of like Barbie feet, like she's got to walk different, right? But like how weird it is for us to change and mm-hmm. be something different. And then not only is it hard for us going through this change, but getting the perspective of the peanut gallery of people watching us and having their perspective then put on us. Because a lot of this in the Barbie movie is not just the perspective of the first person, which is about Barbie, right? But it's about how she's perceived by so many people, how there's pressure on her to be a certain thing or a certain way. Um, There's Ken and how he wants attention from her and how he perceives her a certain way. And then when you change how that pressure gets harder and how there's this expectation to be something that you no longer are. Mm -hmm. You know, what's really interesting now that you mentioned Ken is it's a really good representation of mediums in the community with shadow work, Mm -hmm. right? So Ken has not done that shadow work where Barbie's currently going through it to come out to the other side and by the end of the movie she has a realization that we're not going to completely spoil but there is realizations that she's having because she's doing the work and she's working through what she's going through but he refuses to look at it so his perspective on a lot of stuff is very narrow and it's only based on very like surface level experiences as of whatever he has because he doesn't have that i don't want to say maturity level but for Ken maturity level, but for other mediums, maybe just not that understanding or experience yet to push him into um, maturity, into uh, finding out the things that are um, an opportunity for him. And he's really insecure by that. Mm -hmm. And by Barbie being herself and going through that, he can't understand why there's no connection or why there's no interest in him. Same thing goes with uh, developing mediums who refuse to do that work. They don't understand the other perspective. And it can almost be like threatening. And he took mm-hmm. it to a threat level. Yeah. And it's very threatening to other mediums that are like, and I'm going to use this as an example, that if I'm walking around being like, demons aren't real. Some people actually find that very threatening. Like, mm-hmm. it's what are you telling me this ultimate evil isn't exist? You must be crazy. Well, I've done the development work, but by going by my own experience to never encounter that in hundreds of readings, and I've just gone by my own experience and I haven't labeled it something. So I'm not saying that I'm more advanced than any other medium, but I have a more an understanding that's more of a personal perspective that I mm-hmm. had to do a lot of work to get there because I started out like them. 
mm-hmm. where I was like, everything is evil. And then I got a little bit more self-awareness going mm-hmm. on that pushed my development a little bit further to get, I don't know, clearer evidence yeah. or unbiased evidence. Let me, let me reword that that way. Well, it's interesting because you see both of their character arcs, right? You see Barbie's mm-hmm. character arc and Ken has a very significant character arc as well. But I think Barbie goes, like you said, kind of into the shadow work, like internal um, growth thing, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. Ken looks for outer validation for everything that's going on with him. He's looking for every, he's looking for Barbie to validate him. He's looking for the other Kens to validate him. He's looking for all of this stuff outside of him when he doesn't believe in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Barbie's looking for that internally, um, you know, again, not to be a spoiler alert, but at the end, there's this whole point where she didn't have to have her mind shifted because she was already strong within who she was and what she believed in. Right. And and this isn't to uh, bad talk the community, but that happens a lot in the community where insecure mediums seek out validation from other mediums to tell them that they're good. But if you're doing the work the entire time, it shouldn't matter what somebody else thinks about your mediumship. It all just goes within. Like, how do you feel about it? Do you mm-hmm. feel like there's more room to grow? And I think that's a big problem because a comparison comes in and we start comparing what well, my journey doesn't look like theirs. I must be broken or um, I need validation because this medium's really good. So I need that validation for that medium to tell me I'm really good. Um, and it makes sense with that, like where Ken was, because he mm-hmm. needed validation from Barbie to feel like he was actually more than rather yeah. than less than where he's walking around all the time. And if you think about it, there's nothing. Ken was not a bad guy. Mm-mm. He did bad things because he was looking for that validation. He, he was seeking better. attention because he didn't, he was seeking a validation, but he wasn't a bad guy, but he did things that seek that, that got validation or attention in negative ways. Right. Right. So I always say like, I, and I think this is an important distinction to make because I think sometimes we villainize people or, or label somebody as bad when they're not bad people, but sometimes we can have poor behavior. Right. Right. I agree with you 100%. I also, since we're on the top of it, of Ken, we're going to go into the patriarchy a little bit. And I think like how I related that to the movie was more like bias and like looking at things at face value. So when he goes into the real world and he sees like the patriarchy as face value, it looks really good and exciting. And then he tries to bring it back and emulate it in Barbie land and it doesn't land. And I think that's a lot to do with like way I view a lot of religious bias or religious dogma or certain things that we don't have a quite an understanding for, but we have a concept of that we try to make it fit in our own practice and that sometimes it does not translate well. And you have to kind of understand a little bit more of it to have it click and have an understanding of it. Does that kind Mm -hmm. of make sense? So like, that's like unstuck spirits and trap spirits. Like, I think we see that in a lot in the media and we might have like a little uh, experience with those terms, but then we misinterpret a lot of evidence and try to make that fit into our practice. And it just almost comes out flat because there's not enough evidence to back it up. Right. Right. 
And so I think that's a similar with Ken going out with the patriarchy and he didn't see enough evidence to back it up, but he had an understanding of it enough to come back and do, I don't want to say damage, but he damages some people along right. the way. Well, he read a book and then, and then ran, ran full force into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Where maybe if he would have read two books, he would have realized, oh, this doesn't turn out so nice, or this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And it had more to do, you know, and I think, I think we are very quick to jump on a bandwagon or jump mm-hmm. onto a concept without fully flushing it out, or we get overly excited about something and we just jump full on head head into it without fully engaging and researching and looking into something. And it's really easy for us to do that. Mm-hmm. And it always starts out with good intention. Mm-hmm. So I always want to say like, Ken had good intention to go back and help the other Kens. You know, like he didn't take into consideration. So I think sometimes we can be a little naive about our points of view with good intention that we can do harm if we don't do enough research and development. And I think that's what Ken could have done with a little bit more research is he could have gone back and done it in a different way to get everybody united. But it was it was it wasn't like that. Yeah. Well, going back, we jumped, we went from the very beginning of the film to the very end of the film. So you know, there's around, a lot, kids. there's so much in the middle. One of the other things that, you know, was was really cool to me is, well, let's talk about Weird Barbie. We got to we got to <laughs> talk about Weird Barbie. Like this is what happens when you get played with a little too hard, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, Weird Barbie was one of my favorite characters and, you know, we talk about a lot with um what brings people to mediumship development or to mediumship abilities or awareness that, "Hey, I've got this." And what is it? A lot of times it's trauma, it's significant loss, it's um, going through it. And Weird Barbie has this amazing knowledge about her. She is like so cunning, so smart, so like amazing. And she's a little battered, she's a little bruised, but she is like the un- one of the unsung heroes of this movie. And And I think... It was really cool because I think they could have had an opportunity to like really mock this character and they really celebrated how somebody like this is actually the hero. Well, did you notice that they actually treated her character like she was the old witch in the woods or that like wise seer, but she was weird and needed to be like segregated from everybody else? Mm-hmm. Like that is so relatable on like psychics, like the side of the road psychic that's just like they know a lot, but they're like off to the side and everyone's yeah. like, and they only went to her when they had a problem. Mm-hmm. And that happens to a lot of mediums, especially in like real life normal people is like they'll they'll kind of reject you. Mm-hmm. right and then until, when they some, need you. until they need you and then when somebody passes away they automatically run to you and then they're like please help me and that's kind of what happened i think with with barbie if we were going to say she was a medium is that she started to realize that she had mediumistic abilities and had to go to uh, somebody that was already developed mm-hmm. and i was like ooh, ooh, it clicks it tracks yeah <laughs> But Weird Barbie is such a cool character and just so, so amazing in that. And I, and I love how you explain that. That's a really cool thing. But she, she gets Barbie to the real world. And I think, you know, as part, I like to be careful whenever we use um, 
terms as like spiritual awakening or mm-hmm. or anything like that. But this really is, if we're going to use this whole Barbie movie in context to mediumship, this is Barbie's spiritual awakening. This is her mm-hmm. kind of awakening and into her awareness of what is really going on around her. And this, her going to the real world and seeing people with emotion and she's hit with empathy for the first time of feeling what somebody else is going through. She is hit by this moment of like, oh my gosh, this is what true joy feels like. This is what sadness feels like. This is what anger feels like. And she feels like the full spectrum of emotion for the first time and how like dynamic and how much that like, how crazy that is. And she's like really like moved by the whole experience and it's overwhelming and overtaking to her. And I remember that, you know, obviously I've been a human. I haven't been a Barbie. Well, maybe I have, but, you know. <laughs> but I remember that in 2017, um, as part of me stepping into this work, before I even like really seeked out any development, I just felt overwhelmed all the time. Every time I would go to like a public place, I would go to the grocery store and I would feel completely overwhelmed by everybody's emotion. Like I would walk to the grocery Mm -hmm. store and I'd feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like really happy all of a sudden because somebody was happy and laughing. And then the next aisle, I would feel really sad because that person was sad. And it was feeling emotion on such a deep level that it was overwhelming. So I just felt, I felt that moment in that movie so deeply. You related. <laughs> oh, related so hard. But what, what was interesting about it, you know, it was overwhelming to her, but there was this sense of enjoyment that she got out of it. She was like on this ride. But what I liked about it, obviously there was that layer of it, but people often ask, like, why do bad things happen to good people, right? Or why do we choose to come to earth? Because it's hard here, Right. And that moment in that movie was like, that's why people decide to come here. Because, you know, I think in in spirit, you know, what's been shown to me over and over again is that it's good over there, that there, there's peace, there's ongoing spiritual growth over there, and they, they grow in spirit as souls. Um, but there's something that happens here on earth, and there's a dynamic in the complexity of emotion that we get to feel. We get to feel sadness here. We get to feel happiness here on a, on a different level. And because we feel sadness, we get to appreciate the hap- happiness in a way that we don't in any other way, right? Mm-hmm. I always told my kids, I was like, if I took you to Disneyland every single day, it would cease to be fun. You wouldn't appreciate it the same way. And I feel like that moment in the Barbie movie is when she really appreciates how precious every emotion is here on earth, even the tough ones. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It was such a beautiful moment. I like the bus. I just want a moment for the bus stop where she looks at the old lady mm. and just, yeah. Because you're beautiful. So, you're beautiful. And she's I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to be the old lady. Um, I want to talk about the feedback and criticism. So she's in the real world. She has to find the little girl playing with her. She ends up going and tracking this girl down. And then she approaches them. 
And she's like, I'm Barbie. And they were like, no, girl, let me hand you your ass. And they rip her apart. I related to that in so many levels of what it's like to be your authentic self, to be happy with your authentic self and have somebody tear you down because they're a skeptic or uncomfortable or in a different religious point of view. And you know your truth, but it doesn't seem to be enough for somebody else. And that was like very hard for me to watch where I was like, know what that's like i know what that's Mm -hmm. like to have somebody especially somebody that you think you're close with go no i don't i don't want anything to do with you anymore i i don't i haven't haven't wanted to do anything with you in years and it i was like ooh, 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 that 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 got me that got Mm -hmm. me especially when you have this expectation that we have this connection that we mean something to each other Mm -hmm. and to be dismissed and and not accepted. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Gloria. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet Gloria. I think one of the best characters I've seen written. America Ferrera did amazing with that character. But her speech and the way that she would draw her Barbie in the office and then Barbie mm-hmm. would emulate that. I was like, that's total fucking spiritual. Something's going on because she was emoting her emotions into her drawing, which was affecting Barbie, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. That was really cool. The This symbiotic, I guess, nature mm-hmm. of their relationship, because obviously Gloria's actions were affecting Barbie, but Barbie really needed to come to help Gloria. Mm-hmm. And really changed, Gloria changed Barbie, and Barbie changed Gloria. And Barbie was clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, could remember Gloria playing with the doll. Mm-hmm. Could understand and feel memories. So it was a lot of mediumship going on right there, that even though Gloria was alive... By just referencing memories, she was able to pick up on like moments of empathy and moments of emotion that could unlock the same thing that we do as mediums. Now, it's not going to be vivid like that, but it's going to be like we're getting little hits of people's memories and their lives and emotions. So Barbie was channeling. I just want to say Barbie was channeling. But the speech. Oh, the speech. I took so much out of the speech. And I know it's about women. But I took it a lot out as a medium. What were your thoughts about the speech? The speech was really cool. Um, there was a point. Well, you you say the speech. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I won't say entirely, but I'm going to pull out the things that I resonated with, if you don't mind. Because it is a very, very long speech. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be thin, but not too thin. You can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you have to be healthy, but you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money. And then because if you do, that's cross. And you have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. And you have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. And you're supposed to love being a mother, but you can't talk about your kids all the time. And you have to be a career woman, but always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. And if you point that out, you're accused of complaining and you're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt other uh, tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. You always have to stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So you have to wait to find to acknowledge it and always be grateful. So I took a lot from this speech. Okay. 
And so what I took uh, out of this, and this is my personal experience with either the mediumship community or the way that people view them, right? So you have to look a certain way to be a medium, right? You can't necessarily be outside that box. Like you have to be the angel feathers or you have to be this old, old white man in a suit that has a British accent to be considered legitimate. Um, but if you fit outside that mold, you're considered that. Then I took the next line is you have to have money. So we have to give this gift for free. But if we ask for money, we're crass, right? So you can't put a price on your gift. But if you do, it's rude to ask for money because a lot of the general public thinks that it's a gift and it should be given back for free. How am I going to pay my mortgage, Linda? How am I going to pay my mortgage? So then it goes to you have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. So you can be a medium, but you can't have any other emotions other than love and light. Like a huge, 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 huge hit for me. You have to lead, but you can't, um, but you can't squash other people's ideas. So you have to stand in your conviction and you know the truth that demons and trapped spirits are, are not real and all this spooky stuff that Hollywood is, but you can't say it against it because it's a system and it's a system that's rigged because that sells because it's fear. So mm -hmm. I was like, and fear sells. So you have to acknowledge it that it's there, but you can't say that it's not real, even though you know it's not. And then you have to lead, um, you have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. I said that one. You're supposed to love being a medium, but you can't talk about mediumship all the time. But you have to love being a medium and you have to be a, a working medium, but you always have to look out for the other mediums. That was huge for me. And then you have to acknowledge the other medium's bad behavior, but you can't point it out. And if you do, you're considered difficult and you're a complainer and you're supposed to stay a certain way for the general public but not so like out of the box that it deters other people away like huge this speech was so huge that you literally could take woman incorporated as medium and that is exactly what it's like to be a medium in the working community you have to be a certain way, but you can't be too much or too little. You can't charge for your readings, but you can't pay your mortgage. I, I was like, this speech just literally, literally changed my life. It meant a lot. It meant a lot because I think also as mediums, so there's a couple of things about that speech, but I would say that like, it's also very restrictive to feel that we have to fit it's funny, we talk about Barbie boxes, fitting in a box, right? Barbie box. Um, but I feel like we have, we all feel like we have to fit in a, in some special mold or some special box to do this work. Um, much like many women. So I'm going to speak on this as a woman. Mm -hmm. I think as women, and that's obviously that that's original speech is about being a woman. And it's hard being a woman in the world um, and that we have to be a certain thing and show up a certain way uh, constantly. Otherwise, we are deemed not okay um, by society. And mediumship is much the same way. If we don't do it a certain way or we, or we breathe wrong, we're dismissed by our peers. We're dismissed by society. Um, and it's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, so I, I think that having some grace for ourselves and knowing that in the end, as women, 
first off, and as mediums, we don't have to fit in any box. Mm-hmm. And I think that there, there was a reminding of like not limiting ourselves and knowing that we don't have to fit in any type of box to be accepted or to be real or to be exactly who we are. I think that was really important. Going into the speech, however, the part of the movie that was really interesting, because we talked about Barbie's spiritual awakening earlier on in the movie, and that there wasn't a reason why she needed to hear this speech. She knew all of these things already. She wasn't under the the voodoo, if you will, of mm-hmm. the Ken, the Kendom at that time. Um, but all of the other Barbies were. And they needed to be kind of taken away from that. And they needed to hear this speech to kind of remember who they were. And there was something about during Gloria's speech, when she's talking to all of the different Barbies, you can see there's like, they wake up. There's like this wake up moment. And what this reminded me of is, you know, for me in stepping into this work for me, this was... I learn stuff and I, and I want to be careful to say that I learn every single day that I'm in my mediumship development. Um, but there is a remembering more than anything. I think as I learn things, I'm like, Oh, I'm just remembering what I already know. It's almost like an unlocking of remembering, like, that's it. That's it. I, I have this layering of releasing these these things that I were ta- that I was taught as being a human <laughs> that I need to release um, mm-hmm. as I step into my mediumship more and more. That's the surrender part, right? The less of me, the more of spirit. So it's that speech was like releasing the societal constraints or the things that we were taught and being like, oh no, that doesn't actually fit. I'm remembering who I actually am. I'm remembering what's actually important. And, and I feel like that's what happens in that part of the movie that is relevant to mediumship. Um, it's this remembering of like, oh, this was here all along. Because people always ask me, when did you know you were a medium? I had that a- awakening in 2017, but I can look back now and go throughout my whole life. And I was like, there it was, there it was, there it was, mm-hmm. there it was, there it was. It's, was. it's been with me since the day I was born but I ignored it. Mm -hmm. And it was like in 2017, Gloria gave me that speech and I went, ah, now I'm awake. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm aware now. Mm -hmm. I just want to leave with one, one last part of this, this speech since we're here. You never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's contradictory. Nobody gives you a medal and says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that you're not only doing everything wrong, but it's all your fault. Yeah. So I just wanted to finish this speech. Um, it's true. Like, if we give a, uh, if, if we show up wrong or if we have a bad reading, it's all your fault. Or if we, you know, have a, a bad day or have an emotion that isn't in line, how quickly that uh, I've been called out for just being like mm, passionate 
like if I'm passionate about something, I've been called out of being like, you're being mean and rude and, and angry. And I'm like, but I'm a human. I'm allowed to have all these human emotions. And that's that's cool. Um, so like I can really relate to that speech on such a hardcore level that it really kind of hit me where I walked out going, no, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me because there's no reason that I should conform for other people's comfort or I'm not authentically being myself or living my life or uh, practicing the way I feel is appropriate for me because I have a special spice and I can bring that to the world that I don't need to have angel feathers and, um, you know, cards from heaven uh, or oracle cards to be a great reader that I am enough, that I'm enough and I don't need to play a paradoxal society standard of what a medium is like i don't need the seven thousand rings and the crystals around my neck to show that i'm a spiritual person i just need to show up and be myself Mm -hmm. i just need to practice and just be the uh, best medium that i possibly can be and i don't need to um, have a deck of oracle cards or a deck of tarot cards or a ouija board or anything else other than just myself and my empathy as a human and my ability to step out of the way when it's appropriate, which leads me to the conversation with Ruth Handler at the end of the movie. She becomes human. Mm-hmm. What, what's cool about that, it's the decision mm-hmm. she makes mm-hmm. to become human from full circle moment of like, do you guys ever think about dying to understanding of, what you're actually signing up for. Mm-hmm. And she chose, and she chose to be a human. Mm-hmm. And she knew that it was going to lead to death. Mm-hmm. Which the gynecology appointment at the end, I still don't get. But <laughs> That's because you're I, not a it's woman. Part, yeah, it's part of being a woman, right? But I get that. But I think that like she, the, just that montage of just seeing other women and other women's lives and what it was like to be a woman and to really kind of fully accept that that was her transition was to understand the beauty of it, but also the harsh reality of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why the gynecologist appointment is so important. But please go to your gynecologist appointment. I highly encourage that. Well, but she, I mean. I just yeah. don't get it because I'm not a woman. So. Well, but she also gets the parts. Oh, when okay. she becomes. I get a it. woman. Because she didn't have genitalia when she was in the beginning. Okay, no. that makes sense. That, I get it now. I get you it. get it now? Mm-hmm. I, it's always funnier when you have to explain the joke. Um, <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I know what a, a, a parts are. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I and it, I think it's so beautiful. That was, that was the tearjerker part of the movie, of when you realize, again how beautiful life is and it's not it's not all roses and beauty and balloons and birthday cake that that being here on earth is disappointment it is despair it is loss but it's all of those things and more and more it's taco bell Mm -hmm. it's sometimes having an upset stomach after eating taco bell you know it's all of the different it's Life is so beautiful and so precious. And I think that is, as a medium, what I've taken away more than anything. Like, obviously, I know without a shadow of a doubt through my work that we continue on, that the soul continues on. And I know that. And I know that there's nothing but love on the other side. I feel that. I know that. 
But what has been instilled in me is that we are here for a reason and our time here is short. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it hurts to be here, but it's important that we're here and soak it up. Even the ouchy times, soak it up because it's important. But let's, let's just, for, before we let everybody go, I want to talk about the, the Arch of Ken and how he, he kind of falls into accepting himself at the end. Mm-hmm. And there was this beautiful moment at the end where Barbie realizes her faults at the end as well. She took accountability. She took accountability and it wasn't just a, you know, because none of us are perfect, Mm -mm. not even Barbie, right? And Barbie took accountability. And what I love most about that is she could take accountability for how she made somebody feel, but not feel bad for bending over backwards or doing something that she didn't want to do. Like she could say, I'm sorry that you felt bad because I made, you know, this and this and this happen, but not doing something out of uncomfortability because it wasn't in alignment with her to do it. And I thought that that was really important because, you know, we have choices to participate in relationships or not in whatever level we want to. But I I just appreciated that part because she didn't like go, okay, well, I know that you really wanted me part of your life. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give that to you. No, she said, now I realize that I participated in something and made you feel like I was going to give you more than I was going to. And I never did. And I'm sorry for that, but I'm still not going to give it to you, (laughs) you know, but there was, there was authentic authenticity about like, here's what I'm willing to give. I love that. And I and I appreciated that. I appreciated not bending or having this like he falls in love with her and her falls in love with him at the end kind of ending. I appreciated I, that ending. What I liked about it and how I can relate it to like the mediumship is kind of like eyes on your own paper. Right? So it's kind of like looking at what other people are doing and knowing that they're they're going to get there and it may not be as fast as we want them. Like I want everyone to have an amazing mediumship reading and some mediums are just going to get to that finish line at the end with development as quick as I would like them to um, because I'm a perfectionist when it comes to mediumship, but they'll get there. And I think finding value in themselves and doing the work themselves and I can't I can't force that on them just like Barbie can't force empathy on Ken and she can't force him to grow up and she can't force him, but he had to do it on his own because he kind of fell to his value of what she saw, like what she saw in him. Mm -hmm. Right. And I look at that as like underdeveloping mediums or mediums that compare their journey to other people is my, my opinion of anybody's mediumship means nothing. How, what is your opinion? And I think when you start to stop and you look at your own practice and your own thing, you're going to get to the other side, but you don't need my validation and you don't need me to look at you for you to be an amazing medium. Just go out and get development, do the work and eyes on your own paper. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of took his story arc because there's a lot of mediums that, are not waking up that there's actually work to do. And mm-hmm. I'm not here to remind them, nor will I look at other mediums and go, I approve of you and I don't approve of you. I approve of you. 
you know? And just because nobody did that for me either, I had to sit with myself and say, well, where do I want to take my mediumship? How do I want to use this ability? Where can I bring the most contribution that's going to make me feel fulfilled, me Mm -hmm. feel fulfilled in my mediumship? That's how I took that. Yeah. And it's okay to take accountability and it's also okay Mm -hmm. to participate in whatever relationships you want to participate in to whatever level you want to, but Mm -hmm. just do it with honesty and authenticity. Yeah. I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. I love it. Well, he's Kenef. (laughs) He is Kenef. Uh, and, it, and he showed I, a lot of growth at the end. And I think, yeah. you know, that was a that was a lesson that was imparted to us um many, many months ago of of you can't save everybody. Sometimes they have to figure it out on their own. Yeah. And and that kind of gets illustrated in that part of he figures it out on his own. She didn't have to swoop in mm-hmm. and save them. She kind of had to let him fall down on his own and figure it out. And he did. And that's love. Mm-hmm. That's love. Sometimes, sometimes love. love is letting people go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes love is letting them figure it on their, out on their own. Never shutting doors, but always saying, hey, when you figure that out, you can come back. Mm-hmm. So this movie is fucking layered. <laughs> yes. And I can't wait to watch it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch it together this time. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, Dana, I think we've wrapped it up because it's plastic and fantastic. Yes, I can't wait till uh, the next Transformers movie comes out so we can make a Transformers <laughs> and mediumship movie. Look, I just made this pool copy table. I can't make this Optimus Prime. I don't, know <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think, like, what's the next movie we can tie to mediumship that has, you know, but who knew? Like, I didn't, who listen, knew? I had no idea that when the Barbie movie would come out that I would be like, oh, this has everything to do with mediumship. This is way better than Heavenly Kid. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, nothing is better than Heavenly Kid. We love you guys. You guys are, yeah, you guys are the light of a hundred thousand Malibu Barbies. Mm -hmm. We won't zip you, zip tie you in that box, trust me. But we love you all. You're in our hearts, Tina. I love you too. (laughs) Okay, I was like, what else are you gonna say? Bye. Bye. Do you want to come over to my Mojo Dojo Casa house? It's a dream house, motherfucker.